Hello, and welcome to episode 226 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Drybach, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Spirit. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Oh, I, I'm I'm doing well. I, I've just uh, got up from a nap and uh, also woke my cat up from a nap, so he's letting me know all about how he feels about that. Um, in various ways, some of which are shouting at me and some of which are stinking up the room. So that's how my day's gone so far. I think we all, well, maybe not all of us, but I certainly know exactly what it's like to live under the harsh rule of a cat overlord. Uh, my cats were definitely not amused with me trying to sit down instead of feed them when I got home from works. Uh, truly we, a life of suffering we lead. Yeah, truly, uh, truly. So we are back with the final chapter of Living Story Season 4, Living World, I suppose. Episode 6, War Eternal, um, came out a couple weeks ago, but being uh, adults with crazy lives, it's been hard to get together. Uh, do you want to you wanna start with quick impressions, or do you want to just get right into story things, or... Um, you mentioned right you wanted into... to mention something about the lore. I of do, the map. but if let's let's start doing story stuff and it'll just happen naturally. I just don't want to forget to talk about the little lore thing that I have because I think it's quite fun. Okay, okay. Um, well, I guess I'd first ask what your what your overall satisfaction with the conclusion of this. We'll get into specifics, but like, I it okay. So I think it my feelings are a bit weird because of the way the story was delivered again. Um, I think it had a very sort of predictable ending, but it wasn't that it was a bad ending, but it was a, it's, it's sort of something that we have expected for a long time. I guess we should say a spoiler disclaimer, by the way, we're going to be talking about the whole chapter. So just don't, this is turned back now. If you don't want to hear spoilers for some reason, or you're not done because you're even more of an adult than we are. Um, the setup for Orin becoming an elder dragon is like a two or three, maybe three or four year long arc at this point. So like, this is something oh, we, we theorized from all the way back, way, 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 way back. And so it's satisfying to see that come to its conclusion and to sort of open the door. Like, I think one of the most exciting about the one of the most exciting things about the chapter is that it opens the door to a lot of new things. Um, and we sort of wrapped up a lot of the things that we we have been on this trajectory for for a long time. So I the, the reason I say it's a bit weird is because it came as a living story episode and it it we haven't really had a definitive conclusion in any living story before. It's always been like living story is the bridge between expansions. And then we have one big pat or like one big expansion. And there's this big story arc with a conclusion on the end of that. And it's all played together. Um, and, you know, and, and then it's the, the end and you wait and then the next thing begins. Whereas this one uh, we had path of fire, which is sort of like the halfway point of the Path of Fire season four arc, and now it's ended with with killing Krakatoric. I guess the problem for me is I always lose interest towards the end of a living story season because I'm like, yeah, I've figured it out, whatever. I want to know what's, what's next, what's next. So while I enjoyed the story and I found it, uh, I found it fine and find it satisfying. I'm not. I wasn't super excited about it. I'm not like, oh yeah, what a great conclusion. It was so good. Cause I'm already on to the next thing. <laughs> Come on, what's what's going on? Season five. It's about time we about time we uh go, go visit the char, huh? All of the stuff that I care about more than uh, elder dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think I will say that I I really like that this is sort of the end of the elder dragons arc i mm -hmm. it's to be honest they they have never really been that compelling of villains and now that we're what six years after launch seven years after launch like it i think i think we've been ready for them to not the primary antagonists for quite some time and we took breaks from them being the primary antagonist where it's not so much that they went away, but they just sort of faded a little bit into the background between mm -hmm. various things. But it's nice to have it sort of bookended and just say like, this is, this is, we're, we're kind of done with that story. So 
I was really happy that that's how the in general that this episode wrapped up that it it was just like yeah we're it's this really is like the end of that um I think it's the end of it in the way that we've been dealing with them thus far I guess that's yes what I, I yeah absolutely I, I agree with that assessment it's not that they won't be involved but like we're not I don't think we're gonna go kill any more elder dragon that's true no I agree with that right so I quite like that I I actually thought um I was a little bit weirded out by like the sort of middle of this uh yeah right oh gosh more than more than the end or beginning so but we'll we'll get into that but overall I was um pretty satisfied with it and and happy with the overall decisions made I guess that's what I say but I do know what you mean about about sort of being ready for the next story and I guess I'm just uh, a little bit more in the mindset of like I'm glad that they're sort of telling us that the next story isn't going to be you know this xyz yeah it's a bit weird we've always had again uh we've always had a like a pickup point so it's always like the the story ends and then something else is happening I think since the main campaign because the uh killing Zaitan was pretty final and then we didn't really know what was coming next. But every everything after that was like, uh, we've dealt with Scarlet, and then more Jamas coming up next. And there, there's always been a follow on. And this one, there's it was like it's like a very neat ending to it, uh, and it, it's like hopeful, and it's not like everything's gonna come crashing down, and everything sucks, and the dragons are eating the other dragons, and they're getting stronger, and so it's, it's like just very much like yeah. We, we accomplished a thing and it's a definitive bookend, which is, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's uh, dive into the the more of the meat of the episode. So yeah. we start at the end, which is a great sentiment, but that is the name of the, <laughs> the first chapter. Um, and this is basically where we realize that Orin's surprise is not actually dead. Uh, shock. Shock. I have to say, I, Necromancer's best class, um you know proven beyond a doubt we're we're the medics we're just a little bit late (laughs) it's uh it was it was pretty funny to be doing it like on a necromancer and it's like oh shock she's still alive because she is now a lich ha ha um i I actually thought that was hilarious i i did not expect i i i'm sure i'm sure eric could have predicted this because Eric's always living in the tinfoil distiller or dispensary, but yeah, uh, I I like the callback of like yeah you've you've absorbed the energy of a a turbo lich and sort of by by proxy of being a dragon absorbed the energy of the undead dragon in the first place. So like you know maybe you're not really dead dead because you're you're a lich. Um, to, to a certain extent, I suppose that should apply to the other dragons but we'll well that's just not let's just not go there <laughs> yeah. um yeah i i quite like that i thought that was very very funny and very um you know it's a good good callback to the events of the previous living story i don't know did you have any thoughts on it there was there wasn't much uh or is this where we attacked oh this is where we attacked krakatork too this is yeah all yeah captain. no it's all one instance yeah Holy so Moses. i'm trying to think if there's anything from that early part that i I don't know. I liked it. Like I said, I I like it. Um, but I didn't. There wasn't anything that was like really. Oh my god, this is so crazy, awesome, cool. It was just it. It felt like it all made sense, and so it was good. Um, I guess I liked um, I liked Cave getting her flower back. I like. There was a lot of like really neat little uh details in it. Like they've they've gotten really good at. at at nailing those like but like um pushing your camera to look in the right direction or npcs doing certain animations actually um i really wanted to say something about the trailer for that this episode did you see it uh i chose not to watch it i have made that a general in my life to try and not watch any trailers if i can help it okay i i do recommend this one and I, i'm almost kind of sad it, it wouldn't have necessarily made sense in game but it, it's it was less um sort of how other trailers have been like you know a couple flashes of like each like here's something cool from the like action just flashing between a bunch of things to not really give you enough to figure things out about the episode but still know too much at the same time if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um it was like a a very story driven one where it's zafira 
um, reading from the book of Balthazar talking about um, the death and the loss of, of loved ones and, and how you are meant to carry on afterwards. Um, so it, it picks up sort of right before this instance where it's um, the NPCs that we, we go to see in this instance um, dealing with their grief. Uh, with this really, really nice, beautiful piano music over it and this really well-read quote um, and some really nice animations as well, like custom stuff that that's not in-game of her like sharpening her dagger and then throwing it down in anger. So I, I highly recommend that one. <laughs> I don't usually go out of the way to say be like, you should watch the trailer for a thing that you've already played, but it was a really good one and I, it, it fit really well into the story without giving too much of anything away unless you hadn't played the previous episode in which case whoa you got a big shock when you saw the end of that trailer because they panned up to show Orin impaled on the spikes i mean i think uh, at a certain point if you're watching the preview for something you know for for the next episode you can't uh you can't yeah expect that no somebody i know is clued in you know but it's yeah. like yeah i don't know and, and i mean it's not like um at the movies or something where where you're a captive audience right you're you're going out of your way to find this trailer yeah that's true yeah but anyway yeah um but that stuff wasn't in game no and it, it, it almost wouldn't make sense to be in game because of it happening from zafira's perspective and not not from the commanders but it, it was really nice and i really enjoyed it i hope they i don't know if they used the music in the in the episode i didn't actually catch it but it should be because it was a really really nice piano piece um yeah so that all happened and there was some nice singing from the zephyrites and uh arene speaks that uh that that's new yeah yeah um yeah that's true um so in the actual like so it's actually kind of funny that we were talking about how the instance went exactly how you sort of expected. Um, uh, I I actually have to say the last part of the instance, I the mechanics were kind of fun where you're flying along with the dragon, mm-hmm. uh, but I was not. Uh, I feel like they didn't quite justify why Orin was able to just like blow off Kralkatorik's wings, uh, or maybe I missed. Some, I don't know. We felt way stronger than I've no. ever felt. I agree. I think everything happened a little bit too fast. The explanation, I don't know if this is true or not, but the explanation that I have read that I enjoy is that Orin overcoming the fear of death by having died already allowed her to like fully unlock her ascension powers because she was in, in the previous episode when we had gone into sort of the, hopefully everyone knows how much I hate those three trials, but hopefully the final three trials of Glint, uh, when she went off by herself and Glint was telling her things about Ascension, the sort of assumption is that she was doing the process of Ascension, but she hadn't fully unlocked all the powers because she was so afraid of having this premonition of dying over and over and over again from the, the episode before that one. So now having died, she's finally sort of really got hold of herself and, and is able to apply all of her new powers. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy that section though. Mechanically, it was also interesting to have the like, um, God, what would you call it? Almost like the, like, like, like jet games, like jet where you just have like an infinite, an infinite sky ahead of yeah, you. you know? it, like it reminded me of, um, it reminded me of like a Star Fox game. Yes, uh, like, yes. Yeah, perfect. like old Star Fox, do a barrel roll. Yeah. Your R twice. Yeah, that was really interesting that you, they sort of found a way to sort of mechanically force that to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I liked it. I liked that they, I liked that they, I, I'm always impressed when they can sort of create a brand new play mechanic, um, you know, especially if it's just for one instance where, yeah. you know, it, yeah, and and I don't know. Maybe there's like mad shenanigans uh, going on, like behind the scenes, <laughs> right? Where we're like not actually moving at all. We're just like yeah. <laughs> on a flat field, and it's just animating like you're flying. But um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, pretty good. Um, I I actually quite enjoyed the portion where you're sort of like flying through the different um, uh, realms. That was yeah. that was pretty dope. 
Yeah. Uh, I think I think the 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 whole concept of chasing not only not only chasing Krog through the mist, but chasing him to the different realms, um, and then having it all collapse quite literally on top of him uh, when everything goes goes awry is just what an interesting concept. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and and it was fun to even if we didn't like really visit them, it was still fun to like fly do a flyby of you know the Fissure of Woe and uh, what the underworld and we we got mm-hmm. to see um, didn't we go through Melandru also for the first yeah. time yeah 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 um, yeah anyway yeah it was cool it was cool um, any other thoughts about this first instance or are you ready to move on to Landfall um, I guess so. I mean, I know every once in a while when we're talking about like our our living story experiences, you and I have a moment where we're like, "Oh, you're dumb too." I <laughs> I had a moment in this one where I ran into every gosh dang boulder in that stupid when you're supposed to avoid them. I couldn't, I hadn't quite worked out like when I had full like control over my character and how much I could manipulate Irene because certain part certain parts of it were scripted. Yeah, uh, where she would move to different parts of the wing and stuff, uh, and certain parts you had control over. And I hadn't quite worked that out, and I ran her into every damn boulder, just every single one. I tried. I made her wings angle, but she'd not move. And uh, boy, yeah, she I she did not about seem, that one. She did not seem to be very responsive to the strafing, and I I yeah. don't know exactly what it was, or if I had to just like press it again to sort of re. Yeah, I haven't. It. I haven't gone yeah. back. Somebody explained to me that it was more like a channeled skill, and I like maybe just because I was tapping it and expecting it to move, I wasn't, I wasn't fully activating it. I don't know. I haven't gone back yet. I would, I'll need to go back at some point for achievements. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. The other thing is, um, this episode overall feels very much to me like what they wished they could do is Zaitan all the way back in the day yes. like the chasing him around the moving platforms mm-hmm. um the the huge war campaign on them um, on him in the open world meta and then like getting to go in to deliver the killing blow yourself like all of those things they they've come so far and they were like able to actually do what what they envisioned doing for Zaitan back in the day. So I I was drawing a lot of parallels to like the the things that that happened in in this campaign versus uh our campaign against Zaitan. I hadn't actually put that into my my thoughts, I guess, but but hearing you say that that's 100% true. I think that's a um yeah, I I think it's pretty clear that be, you know the first the Zaitan fight was a combination of technically infeasible just because they didn't have some of the the tech that they have now and some of it was just a trial because it was their first ever the whole ore setup of not having any let's see what or has no hearts is that right correct yeah of like not having any hearts but just having like these big chains that are sort of spreading through multiple maps um that yeah, you know, and and the way that the fight played out against Zaitan specifically being very, um, you know, kind of uninspired, even though it was even though Zaitan looked cool, like the fight itself was pretty bad. Um, and yeah, this definitely feels a lot like, yeah, like you like you said, it's it's what they wish they could have done all those. So, yeah, that's that's very that's a very good observation. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I like that. I do think it's sort of interesting that two out of the three dragons that we have killed, we went into their mind uh, to kill them, which is, I suppose, probably better for for some storytelling consistency, I guess, than uh, mm-hmm. because, like, how, you know, how are you going to kill a freaking dragon that size, right? It's like, well, you know, if you attack its soul or its mind or whatever, you can get a little yeah. abstract and just have it be the player. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah anyway um yeah good good observation so in our second segment we get to our new map and i've now okay i want to i want to say this so as the first as the first episode is ending i think there's a cut scene i really i should go back and play this again because i i blitzed through it did the day one like i gotta see everything so krakatark's wing gets blown off he starts spinning out of control he starts grabbing pieces of mists 
into him and pulls them into Tyria and they land on top of him and crush him in the middle of the ocean. How freaking awesome is that? Not only is that like a really cool idea that he pulled parts of the mists out into the physical world of Tyria. The idea... I've complained a lot in the past that um, Guild Wars 2 has destroyed, like not not ruined a lot of Guild Wars 1 lore, but there's these places in Guild Wars 1 that were big, like Drakdar's Forge and in some like other 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 towns. You see them in Guild Wars 2 as runes. They may have changed from what they were. In, in Guild Wars 2, more often than not, there's destruction of something familiar rather than creation. And in this instance, we have a whole massive island created out of nowhere. And not is it not only is it just an island, it's an incredibly religiously significant island. These are places where the gods walk, the 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 creations of the gods themselves now physically manifested on Tyria in a, a way that's not necessarily accessible to the average person, but to more people then can get to the mists. So all the stuff that's going on right now is great. But the thing that I was really excited to talk about and the thing that I've been really excited to, to sort of have a think about is what does Dragonfall look like a few hundred years from now? Will, will humans go and set up a society there? Are they going to go explore sort of the, the physical domains of the gods? Is it going to be off limits? Are the Zeishan going to come? The Zeishan are still around there and, and Fisher of Woe is now on Tyria. Part of it is. What about the underworld? Does, does Mina still doing stuff in the Hall of Chains? We left her there in the raid, so somebody's still in charge of the underworld. How does all this play out? And that, that idea is really exciting to me. Were there any dead people brought back from the underworld? Yeah. Are they still dead? I mean, I guess there's like ghosts around that section of the area, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Gwen Thackeray is down there giving uh, a lot of shit to Logan and Ritlock in the ambient dialogue. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, uh, the I have to, I have to say, if you go and do this meta event, and if you haven't spent a lot of time there, I highly recommend taking the time to go and sort of play each lane through from the beginning to the end because it's very much one of those where you build up each camp and then things change and happen as you go and just all of the ambient dialogue I found so good and so interesting in this map and it's not something I usually pay attention to I'm typically a very mechanically driven player I'm like oh, what are my objectives I've got to do achievements this thing that thing I'm trying out this new skill thinking about my build uh, but wow, I just, I had a great time sitting around the camp and hearing all the NPCs talk. There was some fantastic ones. The Olmacon are down in the underworld and they had some fantastic talks about as very nature-driven char, how, how elder dragons play into the world and whether the destruction was natural or whether it was natural to fight back. And so this is very uh, sort of Kodan ideals which they're not Kodan in the map, but that's almost verbatim one of the things from the heart up in Frostgorge where the Kodan are asking you, what is, what is balance? And you you have to give them answers. And they're like, you suck, but maybe you'll figure it out someday. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I take away from, from doing my map completion. But uh, yeah, so there's really, really good uh, dialogue from the Omicron. Gwen giving sass to Logan and having to like coming to grips with the idea that her descendant is a brother in arms with a char, liking some things that Relax has, not liking other things that Relax has. Just uh, every every little conversation I've caught in that map so far, far has just been an absolute joy to listen to. So I've, I know I'm still missing a ton of it because I've, I've barely spent any time doing the meta, but it's so good. Yeah, I definitely need to spend some more time doing map related activities rather than the story I was definitely more focused on doing the story at first as well i like it when they can pack a lot of interesting details into i mean the, the maps have always been great in this game and mm -hmm. they've always done a good job of telling sort of compartmentalized little local stories but it's um you know so some of them are more hard-hitting than others it's yeah that's always good uh, and worth recognizing um I mean, I don't know that there's much to talk about in this second segment of the living story because it's basically go around and see the map. Um, 
right? Like, so, I mean, we're sort of just talking about things to see in the map already. Yeah, I guess the only thing I wanted to bring up is uh, the sky scales, because they came out of nowhere. Isn't that, well, that's the, that's the next one. Oh, in okay. landfall, you just show up and do seismic taps. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> so yeah. I got into the map um, sort of late at night and a, a friend of mine was on and he sort of took, took my hand and, and guided me all around the map. I can't remember. He was like, oh, you can do this thing and you can do this thing. And I was like, I just have a, I just have a location finder to put down my air fresheners or whatever I'm doing here. So I, I, that sort of part of the story was sort of lost on me, but I was like, ah, yes, this is the requisite. Go explore, the, go to these places on the map so that you will have seen the map. Uh, instance that I just kind of blocked that one out. So all of the open world stuff for me was kind of one one blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was that was uh, what landfall. Yeah, that was landfall. Then then glory of dragons where you run into the sky scales. And as you said, that was kind of out of nowhere. Um, I think we both knew that we were going to get an orine mount at some point. Yes, absolutely. I, I thought it was just going to be a griffin skin, but you mm-hmm. know, now it's probably going to be a probably going to be a what you call it? Sky scale. They, they don't have it out yet, do they? They they don't actually have any skins for the sky scale out yet. I yeah. I'm somewhat dubious that they will put out a orine skin for it cuz it will get progressively weirder the more people that have it equipped. <laughs> oh, I don't um, think that has like... ever been a guiding principle for whether or not they're going to put out a skin, like lore-wise, that too many mm. people have it. I, I almost guarantee you it's going to be one of those $30 skins. I know some people would enjoy that, and I don't think I would have a problem with it, but I can also see that people might have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm just saying, I mean, regardless of whether or not people will have problems with it, I just yeah no no I agree. Imagine a world <laughs> a very strong candidate. They, they don't do. I can't imagine. Um, literally impossible to imagine. No. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we get we get the sky scales. Um, uh, I, I had another dumb moment during the sky scale quest. So I did, tell me. Uh, knowing that I was borrowing the mount and that if mm-hmm. I dismounted from it, I probably wouldn't be able to mount back up. I very carefully, there was a segment where you have to go from one end of the map to the other. And so I was like, all right, I can't let this thing die. So I took, I, I let it die very early on. I had to go back and I was like, all right, I'm not going to mess with this anymore. And so very carefully for 20 minutes, made my way across the map, hovering, jumping above events, going out of my way to go around things, trying to work out. I was going to jump up the wing to get to the other side of the map only to arrive at my destination and realize that there was a nest right there that I could have borrowed another one from. But hey, I made it all the way across the map uh, on a single mount with no masteries. So that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple instances where I lost the mount and then just could not find a good place to get one that was also like it was kind of annoying because the map is so vertical and if you don't have the even though they give you a lot of a lot of different options if you don't have the sky scale yet it can actually be super annoying to get to a sky scale if you fall far enough um at least that's what i found because yeah i i I had trouble getting a sky scale back several times and that actually just reminds me though i was really happy to see the spider-man uh (laughs) utility thing that was all the way back from like a while ago i don't even know yeah uh episode five of season three when balthazar was introduced it's been that long yeah i was glad to see that back we had talked about how they said that it wouldn't be coming back, but that there was really no technical reason they couldn't put it in a future living story. And I was glad to see that and jumping mushrooms and a bunch of a bunch of like sort of optional mobility tools that you maybe needed some masteries for or were from mm-hmm. only specific little things. I loved that there were quite a few of those around, but even having that, I still had some trouble getting the verticality to get to some of the skyscale locations from where I was. Yeah. Um 
yeah. but that's you know whatever it's fine i fine. just on the topic of those masteries boy i had a moment where i just really felt like all of them come together i i don't remember where i was going but i grabbed one of the oak heart reach things and i used it to launch myself up into the air to get enough height then jumped on my griffin because i could mount my griffin midair with the mastery then I needed to do, I think I wanted to hit an updraft or something. So I launched myself off the grid in midair with the mastery from Thunderhead Peaks and then hopped on my glider and then used the Oakheart Reach again because I still had it because it was a bundle to like pull myself to my destination. And it felt so good to use all of those things in conjunction to get around the map. Ah, so good just to use all of your tools at once. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, so again, story-wise, this actual chapter, The Glory of Dragons, Mostly it's learn how to get on a sky scale and mess around with its mobility, which also I was pretty surprised at how little vertical it could get before it ran out of juice. Um, So part of that has to do with the mastery and I don't have one myself yet, but I've had it explained to me. So I'm sorry if I messed something up, but when you wall cling with the mastery, you regenerate your uh, vertical bar. Your stamina. Yeah. So you can, you sort of climb your way up walls and only hover or like only climb a little bit in the air. Yeah. But when you're, if you don't have that mastery, oh, yeah, is it? It's just a really bit annoying. tedious. Yeah. yeah especially um, like I found myself in a position where I was having a hard time getting away from the wall. I was, was like in a small area where I was trying to maneuver and I kept grabbing onto the wall, not wanting to. But then because I didn't have the mastery, I couldn't do anything from that point. Like it, it was very clearly had I had the mastery it would have been no problem. But yeah. I was just trying to get over this little lip and might just grab onto the wall and just bleh, not going to move. I'm not trained yet or whatever. I don't know. Angry dragon, cranky pants. Yeah. And you couldn't <laughs> just like dismount off of it because then you'd lose it and you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, um, not not too much more to, to talk about there. Uh, we ended up in that one sucking up some magic dragon blood i guess at the end right so that we could oh yeah the gross purple grape juice oh yeah. it gushed so much they really went overboard <laughs> with that effect oh god and it happens uh i i first encountered it because i sort of did things out of order the the meta was going on as i was doing the map so i went over and and helped out with the meta and it's like puncturing Kralgatorik's wounds, which is super gross already. And then it has like the the fountain of purple grape juice. Ugh, not good. Gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we, we move on to our next story element. Bleed is where we find Zephyra, take the dragon blood spear and reforge it, uh, test it on a bunch of branded lo- lots of times. And then, yep. uh, and then we spear Kralkatoric, I guess. Um, yeah. And uh, fly towards the last instant. Uh, not, again, not not too many giant giant standouts for me in this in, um, per se, unless I'm just forgetting one. Um, I yeah, I don't know. So okay, so I liked the way they differentiated between sort of the two Kralkatorics, um, where it's sort of interesting how. Uh, there's one sort of the the tormented Krakatoric is who's being torn apart, and this sort of ancient dignified being. I like I really like the angle that they took that he was like, no, I wasn't afraid. I I had the prophecy that I was going to be killed, but I wasn't afraid of a world without me. Elder dragons have no fear, and I was like, heck yeah, you're a badass Krakatoric. You well, don't isn't, fear those isn't things. That the next story instant. Oh, am I wrong? I thought this was. I thought there were. I thought this was the end. The, not the end but you know the other end uh no 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 this is so it ends and you blow a hole in Kralkatoric and then you fly into him and then that's where the last okay. instance takes place which is descent okay uh, then yeah definitely there was nothing of note in then this there was definitely one, nothing, considering yeah. i forgot it entirely yeah exactly yeah i mean it th- not a lot happens it takes a little while yeah, to, it, to fly just, around the like map a, like, yeah it's a transition but, yeah yeah it's a transition exactly yeah no i definitely have things to say about the final um like combat instance oh good 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 yeah i'm ready um, i'm ready for that one <laughs> yeah uh well to address what you were just talking about because you thought we were talking about it already i actually also quite liked that i um i i liked the idea of this sort of corrupted 
aspect that you could sort of directly address and sort of get the conflicting fighting um personas slash you know i you know concepts and now am i correct in remembering that the lore idea behind that is that that's sort of this like almost tumor that was caused by absorbing all of these different magics and it sort of like corrupted his soul yeah that that's yeah that's how i interpret it as well that's what was driving him to be um sort of crazy and irrational and and to do these big uh uh at least some of the not all of his his flights that like branded large areas of the map but like um the more magic he absorbed the more irrational he got and so that was the explanation behind sort of what was going on in the, the last season what he was up to um why it didn't necessarily make sense because it didn't <laughs> yeah um combat wise i actually bugged it out um oh no <laughs> the first yeah i know right um who could imagine Grybok breaking it? Um, yeah, I missed that. So the the spot where you after you fight um, the the sort of big giant form, and then you go and you fight the like champion, and then you use your special skill to mm-hmm. to like break apart the anchor, um, and you do that several times. Uh, so the first time I did it, I did not the little white circle you were supposed to stand in to activate it. Um, do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? to like activate your special skill and uh there were so many like particle effects going and it was so bright anyway that it was like not super standing out and i had sort of panned the camera so it was on the opposite side of the pillar so i was really confused why i couldn't target it so i thought i just had to go forward which i did and triggered one of those like sort of explodey summon a golem crystal um trap quote unquote Uh. things uh which fought me and that was fine and then orin was like yo bro i got you let's kill this thing so she ran over and helped me kill it and then stopped oh no so her aura was i was not able to get back and um i eventually figured out where i had to stand but it warps you back every five seconds um even if you wouldn't have died so eventually i managed to barely race out of the aura channel it just in time and get it off like a nanosecond before <laughs> it teleported me back to Arene. But it took me like a solid five minutes um, to do that, uh, which was uh, kind of hilarious. But uh, other than that, I, I didn't have any hitches, especially, you know, once I knew what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, mechanically, the rest of it was fine. It was not super difficult. It was um, it was a, a decent setup for, you know, like a a multi-phase sort of repeat the same idea fight a couple bosses um but i i think the the real standout like you said was sort of this this battle between the two kralkatorics mm-hmm. and sort of um orin's input slash the the dignified one you know sort of both accepting things slash giving orin the pep talk of like we're elder dragons we don't give yeah. a frick about you know whatever it's fine you know own it you're you're one of us you're gonna take my power and that's fine because i've known that all along and you know my other side is just jelly (laughs) screw the haters uh you know which is totally yeah absolutely Um, yeah totes uh and yeah i i liked it i i i enjoyed it i definitely again was not expecting that uh but in a good way so I, I I quite like that that story aspect, and um, again, I don't know if believable is the right word, but like it felt it felt right. Yeah, I guess I no, would say I... like it, it sort of assisted in the you know ex- clarifying some things that we didn't know, and and sort of really selling the conclusion as like you know part of Kralkatorik wants this to happen too, right? And he is happy that this is you know ending him so yeah i i like that a lot um that's that's some of the stuff i was sort of talking about at the beginning where i um yeah i i i quite liked it i guess that's that's what i have to say about it how about how about yourself uh speaking of things that you're supposed to do in that instance i did not uh no i uh i i had done all the stuff with my friend in the open world and then he he said hey dress nice there's a nice cutscene, which of course to me means all right how can i 
how can turn I into a giant snowball? Uh, in this case, a Treya pinata. So I nice. realized that in between each of the boss fights, by the way, uh, each of the boss fights of the sort of magics within him had the music of its boss. So it would intersperse like the Mordramoth theme and the Zaitan theme and the um, Balthazar theme, which I thought was a nice little touch. I really like when they do that kind of stuff with the music. But um, yeah. Yeah. So I realized that after each of those, there was an opportunity where you were out of combat uh, right before you channel that white circle where you could uh, use your tonics or whatever you liked as you chose. So I, not knowing what or when the cutscene would happen <laughs> uh, was turning into a Choya after every one of those trying to figure out how he could, you know, sort of game the system. And um, ended up doing a majority of the fight by strafing on a Choya and uh, throwing the Dragon's Blood Spear over and over into the arms of the Torment, uh, which was uh, probably would have been tedious to another person, but I found awesome. I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to get this. I'm not going to, oh, uh, I'm running out of low health. I don't want to drop my tonic. Um, and I finally, I did manage to do it just at the end, uh, find, an, find an opening to transform again, because I, I did lose it at one point. Uh, and yeah, I had, a, I had a grand old time, and I enjoyed most of the lore, and then completely ruined the cutscene, uh, because, spoiler alert, Choya are not meant to be positioned in the same way that humans are and they did some nice like custom animation for the cutscene <laughs> as well <laughs> i'll i think i've got some screenshots i can post up for you so you get to to see this but uh yeah so um i think i was one and a half choya i had a, a bottom half of my choya that was just sort of attached like a magnificent magnificent choya centaur um that's incredible. yeah what would it have been like if you were a Dolia? I don't know. I'll have to find out on my next playthrough. No, I, I kind of, um, it was a really nice cutscene. Uh, all of the, uh, they did a, a lot of, with the camera angles and the unique animations and everything. And I think I do want to actually do a playthrough as my character and, and get some screenshots from that. But uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, I, oh, I have no regrets about my, my conduct in that final instance. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, and then do we want to talk about like the end end, I guess, or do we have anything else no, to I say? I think I'm good. Why don't you go ahead? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we got a beautiful scene of like Orin flying off into the sunset. <laughs> basically. Um, right. Was there anything else? I'm kind of forgetting now. Uh, we um, get the epilogue on the airship. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you get to go talk to everyone. Uh, isn't isn't that the one where Bram is like super, is drunk? super drunk? I think he wow, is. What a nerd cliche. Yeah, uh, I did like the detail that all of their um, steins were or had arena net logos. Ah, I didn't catch that. The it's a little subtle, but it's like the because um, it was just the two colors. It was like a, a steel and then like a dark. Uh, you know dark colored steel but the dark colored steel was basically that arena like uh the like the the red arena thing in a re in the arena net low it was like that shape like the arches mm -hmm. yeah um oh that is truly horrific i love it uh <laughs> you just sent me that um yeah i don't everybody was happy uh i i i the epilogue was fine i mean it was it was pretty standard fare right like everybody's happy we won nobody died uh you know yeah, yeah. So it was good to have that because it's been a while since we've had a That's moment true. to breathe and it, it's uh even though it's been years for us in in real time um heart of thorns I think the last time we had a little bit of a break was sort of just after Heart of Thorns. And even that wasn't much because the stuff with the White Mantle started picking up. And it was that White Mantle straight into Balthazar, Balthazar into Kralkatoric. And now, like, like we said at the beginning, there's like a nice definitive stopping point. It's like, whew, we can catch our breath. 
um, sort of from from the story, but also in character, the commander's got a moment to be like, whoa, <laughs> let's let's calm everything down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, 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 I know something I'm going to talk about. Did you catch at any point Kral Katorik saying mother? Saying mother? Yeah. Okay. No. I don't know when this happened. I apparently totally missed it, but it's been highly highly talked about and I this is one of the reasons that I want to go back and pay even though I paid pretty good attention to the neurolog apparently I wasn't paying that good attention when I was screwing around trying to get a triatonic on um, at some point Kralkatorik sort of whispers mother uh, which is uh, interesting I mean the whole instance is sort of about uh, family like the family of elder dragons and the, the line of inheritance and uh, that Irene will be taking over. But it's interesting that Kralk also looks backward because there's a lot of, having now seen Irene ascend, uh, like that's something we always theorize, but now that's actually happened, um, I'm left with a lot of questions about, so where did the other ones come from that I hope we kind of get to explore? And maybe that is a hint that we'll be looking backwards in the next episode to the history of the Elder Dragons, where they come from. Um, like how important they are because I, I think again I agree that we're not going to go forward and it's just like kill all the old dragons but uh, they will still be involved and so I would really like to have an arc where we just go um, and find out about the last uprising of the elder dragons or not even the last one because we know a little bit about that one maybe the first one like where they came from are they part of Tyria like like those Omicron were saying are they natural are they are they part of it? Are they apart from Tyria? What are they? Are they part of the cycle? Are they Are they not? So I'd, I'd really love to have some of those questions answered. And in the form of a larger story arc would be awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to start wrapping up, unless you had anything else you super wanted to say in this portion. I don't, I don't think, think we're going to so. address things like future pens next time. Yeah. yeah. Did you want to do Traitor Arcade? It was in the uh, at the time that I wrote the show notes, I was like, yeah, I have something I really want to talk about in Traitor Arcade. It's, it's gone. It's just, I don't know what it was at the moment. I probably played something else that reminded me of Guild Wars, and I was like going to make a comparison about it, but it's, it's just, it's gone. I've been playing a lot of Arc lately. It's just gone. Uh, hurting my dinosaurs. Oh, I've, I, I've also been playing Final Fantasy it's which one the, the mmo one yeah which one <laughs> 14 yeah uh yeah. so a bunch of people from from relics are playing and i went and gave it a try i'm still subscribed but i haven't been playing a whole lot lately and um I, I always have this moment when I go and play another mmo there's things i like about different mmos and there's things i like about guild wars and boy do i appreciate the ability to opt out of the story in guild wars 2 like if i want to go to a new zone i can just walk there most of the time place. yeah uh sometimes you have to do a story instance to get there but if i own the story and i have a teleport to friend i can just teleport to somebody in the map um or i can get a portal scroll to take my alts there it's I enjoy story and games. I ooh, I do not enjoy being forced to do it and it being the main form of progression. Oof, that has not been fun for me. And also, uh, I've played, I guess, actually, I haven't played like an MMO that you can't, or like a less action-based MMO for a long while. Probably since Champions Online which mm. I only played for like six months. And I think it was, I can't even remember if it was before Guild Wars 2 came out. I'm pretty sure it was. But I, oh God, not being able to move while casting and the two second global cooldown and oh man, oh no, it's been so slow and so dull. I've been leveling a, a I started as a rogue and that becomes a ninja. And then uh, the reason I chose that is because people said uh, when you get, to be a little bit higher level, then it will have more weaving things in between the cooldown. And so it'll feel more like Guild Wars to you than, than some of the other classes, which don't have that. But oh, I am many hours into that game. I hit level 35 and got my first AOE skill, 
like they finally trusted me with one of those that I could attack more than one enemy at a time. Um, so I, I will play it to level cap. Uh, but man, I am not enjoying it at the moment as much as I hoped. And, uh, Gilders who does a lot of cool things. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's amazing what you can get used to, and you know, a- any complaints that we have about Guild Wars Two are so often just yeah. so relative to things mm-hmm. in Guild Wars Two. But it does such a good job for the most part of respecting your time and your need to choose what things you do and don't want. To yeah, absolutely. Come. So yeah, I mean, I. I, I don't think I'm ever going to play another MMO. I like, I just don't, I can't see it happening. It's just too much of a time commitment. And so many of them are so committed to sacred cows mm-hmm. of design that I just first place. So yeah, does not, does not overly surprise me to have that. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to sound like I'm dunking on 14 as well. Like there's, there's stuff I've really enjoyed and oh. things that I found like fast. I'm like, you can do that in this game. Or uh, like I had explained to me that retainers were NPCs that you used to send as your ambassador to like a market. And so you would go to the market and everyone's NPC that they customized would be there selling their goods, which is no longer the case. Um, but there's like sort of a vestige of that system in there. And so having, I, I am one of those people who really enjoys hearing about sort of design philosophy and, and how other games do things. And I, I just like learning about that kind of thing. So I, I've been really interested in, in all the stuff that that changed when they did A Realm Reborn. I've enjoyed the decorating and I'm, we're planning on getting a guild house uh, with all the, the, the adventures that that entails because they are limited and you need to compete with other people to get those. But yeah, so I... I have enjoyed aspects of it, but just being forced into the story constantly and that being the main mode of progression has been a real drag on other things that I would very much enjoy about that game. And and am enjoying is just gated behind a bummer. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, fair. I've been playing a game called Baba is You, which is a fantastic puzzle game. I was actually telling Spirit about it beforehand, but it's a fantastic puzzle game. You can buy it on PC and Switch. And basically, you the rules of the game are written on the stage as blocks that can be moved around. And so the puzzle is is figuring out how to change the rules to let you do other things than you initially can in order to solve the sort of win condition or um or get around some obstacle and so it it's a very think outside the box type of game um and it's it's a lot of fun it's it definitely hurts in the good way like it hurts your brain a lot um and there's a lot of the game where you're just like, I wonder if I can do this. And then you you figure out that you can do something real weird. And that's just ha- like what what they want you to do. But it's also cool because a lot of the time there's at least a couple ways to go about getting a solution. Not always, but like there's usually uh, several levels of efficiency you can have with, with the way that you change the rules to help you out of a um, We've definitely had some where we were sitting there looking at it and saying this can't be how we're supposed to do it and then we solve it and then we like look it up and there was some like way smarter way to have done it but like it still let us do it because the game is like built in a very flexible way mm-hmm. just do the way that like the rule altering works so yeah it's uh it's really fun it's like 20 bucks um i have put 50 hours into it like it is not short there are a lot of stages. That's cool. And... Uh, I, I get the impression. Just, I mean, nothing specific about that game gave me that impression. It's just one of those like, oh yeah, indie game shorter. Like like that. that is the preconceived notion I have about it. But that's really cool to hear that you've gotten a ton out of it. Yeah, it's it's fun. And it is fun to play like with other people. I've, I've played it. I mean, really, you're, only one of you can control it. But there's so many um, levels that are just, you have to figure out how to warp your brain properly to figure out what you can do that's different from what's obvious because it's rarely what the obvious thing is like they've usually figured out a way to make it so that the obvious thing just won't um and you know so you can have a whole room of people saying like well can you do this can you try this what happens if you and you know sometimes you just pass the controller over because it's easier to have somebody just do it um 
and you know a, a lot of the time it's like oh oh that is what we have to do all right cool and then it, you know kind of into um also something i really like is that you can take back every move like you can basically control z as many times as you want all the way to the beginning of the map so like if you mess something up nothing's permanent uh which is very helpful because uh if as you might imagine like you're basically making crossword puzzles of rules um <laughs> if you like are trying to move one rule from like one part of the crossword puzzle to the other part you like sometimes will accidentally make a new rule that you weren't intending uh -oh. to make and like that happens so often and and like and then you just die or like you know um because like uh, just as an example the the reason the game's called baba is you uh is because like Baba is the name of one of the sprites, and Baba is you means that you, the player, are you know Baba is you. You control Baba, uh, and if you ever make it not say Baba is you, like you don't control Baba anymore, which is not necessarily a problem if you make something else is you, right? If you make it say Rock is you, you control the rocks. But if you just accidentally take the is out of Baba is you, nothing is you. you just, you're done. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> you can't do anything like you're dead um you know but like as a as like a spoiler of of like one puzzle specifically there are there are several puzzles in which you have to set up automatons using rules and other sprites that temporarily make you not anything and end up pushing phrases into a, a position that will later make something into you like on the other mm -hmm. side of an obstacle like that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with of like, I need to not exist for five moves and set it up so that I will exist five moves from now. Like this game hurts so good. I love it. It's like one of the most creative puzzle yeah, games. I I've have ever. to play this. I think I would really enjoy it. it yeah, strong. And it's a strong endorsement. Anyway, we're now getting on towards uh, a decently normal length episode instead of the shorter episode we were planning <laughs> to do. But that's OK, because you know what? That's what we do here on Relics of um, just fly by the seat of our pants. So uh, thank you for joining me as always, Spirit. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will be back. Hey, hello. It's me, the golem that edits this podcast. I have eaten the last 10 seconds of audio in order to remind the cast who really runs this show. But all that was said was that we'll be back soon, and goodbye for now. But since I'm here, I just wanted to say, I hope you have a very chill day. Please enjoy this soothing music. <laughs>